everyone to the rest podcast where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion chaos and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life i am your host natalie williams and i am here with the author of the reconstitution method for healing and rest virginia dixon virginia I am so happy to have you back and to see you on the mend. I have missed you so much, and I know that everyone else has too. Oh, thank you so much for keeping everything, keeping the ball rolling while I was away. Thank you. You guys did a great job. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm happy to be back too. It's so nice to see your cute face. (laughs) Thank you. Well, I know that you wanted to talk about barriers to healing today. And I mean, you came all the way from the villa into the office, even though you're still not 100% to talk about this with me. So did you want to start us off with something specific? Well, it's been quite a journey. Originally, when you and I had discussed the COVID subject, it was only so our listening audience didn't feel disregarded, overlooked, like we're ignoring something very serious. It's a pandemic. Yeah. Lots of controversy around its origin, its constitution, its longevity, yeah, the politics behind it, you know, the economy mm-hmm. behind it. But as you know, I like to stay in the rest lane yeah, where we reconcile, where we displace, right? Confusion, chaos, and dis-ease that leads to disease really and illness, mm-hmm. either in ideas, in our spiritual outlook on things, in our anatomy, cancer, autoimmune diseases, in in philosophies and the way we look at life and things. To me, it's all so connected. And it's to that end that we have this podcast is to help people not despair, right? Yeah. Whether it's cancer or infidelity, porn addictions, Mm -hmm. incest. Abuse. Abuse. Global issues of immense magnitude that we're all experiencing, right? Who hasn't been traumatized by images of moms and daddies putting their babies over those these walls in Afghanistan and yeah. throwing their babies to our military guys? And who hasn't despaired seeing them and, and the cesspool, really, of just what we're watching humanity experience? And so rest is about providing the resources, right? And the, the resources to reason the significance of these things and find the significance in reason in order to displace the confusion, chaos, and disease. And I came across this little resource today that I wanted to share with everyone. It's called The Living Reminder by Henry J. M. Nowen, N-O-U-W-E-N. He's an amazing author, probably addresses many things from a spiritual perspective, but he's a prolific writer. And I think he has such a unique way of explaining, I think, the spiritual thread and the spiritual constitution we share in our common humanity. And he speaks to things in powerful ways. But obviously, being as sick as I've been for about three weeks now, it's caused me to think about many things deeply. And the barriers to my healing during the course of this last month became a little complicated because... I knew I was slowly falling. I, I knew my immune system was shot. Mm-hmm. I knew I, my life was out of balance. I knew I was working way too many hours. And when I was at the villa with several people I was working with and I was hosting there, my own health became very compromised. Yeah. Because there weren't things I could walk away from, right? 
Mm-hmm. And you're familiar with those situations, but I knew I wasn't sleeping, wasn't eating well. Yeah. I couldn't rest. And then a full workload, and I'm very invested in my work. I love what I do, and I do it with so much heart. I'm doing it for my family. I do consider we are part of the human family and this human experience, right? Yeah. But I take all that so seriously, but the bottom line is that, you know what? I wasn't honoring myself. I wasn't working within the parameters and the limitations that we have in time. And I pushed every boundary, and so when this sweet client came in to work with me from up north, who, by the way, we had an amazing experience, and because she'd been following our work for some time, but we were able to get to it very fast, very quickly, right? Yeah. And enough so that we asked her to record a podcast with us, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. But sure enough, the next day, a few days later, she was in the hospital. Yeah. They had to take her in, compromised lungs, and just in really bad shape. Of course, it's been a little domino effect. Thank God I quarantined, and of course I... You had a whole protocol. I had a whole protocol. (laughs) And by the grace of God and Heidi and Dr. Cowden, that we do 40 days of rest with. Their Mm -hmm. doctors are amazing. Doctors and nurse practitioners. And we have some brilliant people. And the collaboration of another doctor in Texas that was amazing, that responded right away. They saved my life, basically. Yeah. But it was really interesting to think about the things that make us sick. And in the most practical of ways, I knew I was getting sick. And I didn't know how to stop everything. Yeah. And it's okay. When you don't know how to stop something, your body... (laughs) Your body stops stops. it very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so then I had to deal with the whole COVID dynamic. But nevertheless, our work is so near and dear to my heart. And I was praying and thinking about these barriers to healing. And as you know, Natalie, we hired a COO, Mm -hmm. Stephen Prophet. He's wonderful. And I'm so looking forward to introducing everyone to him. And I thought that would be a neat theme that he and I could discuss. But I wanted to set the tone for that today. Because at the end of the day, the, I think, fundamental barrier to healing are these stories that are buried alive in us and these unreconciled feelings associated with those stories and those memories, they never die. Right. And they have such significant consequence. And case in point, the story I just shared, you know, it was Jane that was, of course, with me at mm-hmm. the villa. And then, of course, Riley, I've been working with for a year. And we're going to do a podcast with her and tell her story. And, of course, we almost lost my husband Yeah. the month before from COVID. So at night... I'd end up, I'd begin in one room making sure, you know, I had to because of trauma and PTSD and layers of trauma and unwrapping those, right? Mm -hmm. I had to deal with that. And then... For yourself or others? No, for others, yeah. For 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 Riley that Mm -hmm. we were working with. And people are going to become very well acquainted with her story because I think hers is the voice of a generation. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that at length. But And she's a warrior, by the way. She's not a wimp. Yeah. But um, we had a setback, and it's been devastating Mm -hmm. for her, and it was just another layer. But simultaneously, Jane, amazing, sweet, beautiful, courageous Jane, the cancer in the liver, and she's been very verbal about this, but in a 13-centimeter liver, you have, you know, 13 centimeters of tumors, right? And then 
you have a bunch of spots in your lungs, well, that's not rocket science, right? Yeah. And for those who don't know Jane, that is Nightbird. That's that's who Virginia is referring to. Virginia is still working with Jane personally. and Yeah. So, you know, I have Riley and then there's Jane. And then, of course, Ray's, you know, went into, which is not uncommon, like almost kidney failure and so we had that. So the villa became like a little, which is not what the villa usually is, right? But no. It became like a little hospital. A pharmacy. A pharmacy, right? And then, of course, we had Stephen starting, and mm-hmm. we're still recovering from the fire. It, it's just like the perfect storm. And then Stephen got sick. And then Stephen got sick, too. And then you. I, I had strep. <laughs> you had strep. I had strep. Yeah, so it was a really just confusing time. But the point is, by the grace of God, we got through it. But... I did come across this piece. Stephen and I did talk about it. I, I, I wanted to introduce him to everyone because he's a lovely person. He's going to be an amazing, he is an amazing counselor. He's really gifted, I think, in building community. Mm-hmm. And our aim is to build these rest communities nationally, right? And to expand the reach of rest and the influence of rest so that people can take back power mm-hmm. and authority. And they don't have to be victimized by so much illness, so much stress, so much conflict, so much anxiety. They don't have to feel like they need to go pick up a phone and go see a doctor. We want to equip them with resources and information so that they can reason and find the significance and reason and reason the significance of these things and how they can leverage amazing resources to displace the confusion and the chaos and the disease that ails them, whatever that is. Right. And like you know, we have amazing doctors and stuff consulting with us in our community. So I'm excited about that. But I came across this book the other day. I managed to, I've been having to push myself a little bit. And I managed to drive to my granddaughter to see my little granddaughter. And my daughter could see that I couldn't speak much. And I had my oxygen tank, of course. And they're not contagious anymore. Oh, so no, this, no, no. This was okay. <laughs> Virginia no. would not go up there if she was still no, contagious. No, 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 so. No. No, it's been three weeks. I'm not contagious, but yeah, I knew that mentally I had to fight this mentally. And mm-hmm. so I've been taking baby steps. And so I went up there with my oxygen tank, but I was watching my little granddaughter play. And I encouraged my daughter and my son-in-law and to go out. And she gave me a book. She knows I love to read. Mm-hmm. So I was watching her play in the little puddle, but I came across this piece that I just mentioned The Living Reminder. She says, Mom, you might like to take a look at this. As we talk about barriers to healing, this piece, it just gets to the core of what I think is a barrier to healing. And that is the memories that we associate and the feelings we attribute to those memories and how they manifest and how they play out and how the echoes of all of that plays out in our own lives. And there's this great quote in 1944, all the Jews of the Hungarian town of Seget were rounded up and deported to concentration camps. Mm-hmm. So Elie Weisel, the now famous novelist, was one of them. He survived the Holocaust, and 20 years later, he returned to see his hometown again. What pained him most was that the people of Seget had erased the Jews from their memory. It wasn't the atrocities committed against them. It was that they were forgotten. I wasn't angry with the people of Seged for having driven out their neighbors of yesterday, nor for having denied them. 
If I was angry at all, it was for having forgotten them so quickly, so completely. Jews have been driven not only out of town, but out of time as well, he wrote. Wow. This story suggests that to forget our sins are barriers to healing, right? To Mm -hmm. forget those conflicts we've all experienced and seen and lived throughout history may be an even greater sin than than the sins that were committed. Why? Because what is forgotten can't be healed. Yeah. And that which cannot be healed easily becomes the cause of a greater evil in our lives. I always call, refer to that as a cancer in our lives, right? Yeah. In his many books about the Holocaust, Ellie Weisel does not remind us of Auschwitz, Buchenwald, Treblinka, to torture our conscience and heighten our guilt feelings, but to allow our memories to be healed and so to prevent an even worse disaster. An Auschwitz that is forgotten causes a Hiroshima, and a forgotten Hiroshima can cause the destruction of our world. By cutting off our past, we paralyze our future. Forgetting the evil behind us, we evoke the evil in front of us. You know the famous quote, right, by Santayana, right? He who forgets his past is doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Isn't that powerful, though? Extremely powerful. It is. There's so much truth to that. So I think for today, I I just wanted to discuss for a minute, Natalie, with you that nobody wants to drudge up the past for the sake of doing it. We talk about foundational to rest is inviting people into this realm where they can experience freedom by examining the foundations, right, that shape their life and exploring the truth of those things. Mm -hmm. Why? That's what we do, right? Yeah. We want people to live with greater measures of freedom. We want to help them do that. That's why they come see us. Yeah. But it's impossible to do that without examining these foundations, these complexities, these narratives, these stories, right? And then how do we do that? By exploring the truth of all these things. But how we actually execute that, that's why we do what we do. How we do it is we help people understand their image, the spirit, they're working through a soul in a body, right? Mm -hmm. And they're identity where they got their identity right we have this design that is magnificent science speaks to it medicine speaks to it chemistry speaks to it physics speaks to it right this constitution this design we have yeah so there's a creator a design obviously right look at how the things we've had to learn about my lungs for example yeah has been just gripping Mm -hmm. and then we have our family of origin our mom and dad so we have this designer creator thing if you will And then we have our mom and dad. And then we have our ancestors. Yeah. And so we have our image, our spirit, our soul, and our body. And that image has an identity. Mm -hmm. And that identity has three constituents. This design, our families of origin, and our ancestors. Yeah. And all of that comes together for purpose. And when we understand how we love, Mm -hmm. when we understand the hungers that drive us, when we understand this recall healing the the constitution of these narratives in this ongoing drama of our ancestors playing out in our lives something amazing happens and natalie you and i watch it happen yeah it's like fairy dust almost <laughs> it's magic <laughs> it's like magic yeah but it's reconciled and i like how he talks about the wounds and the context he gives to those wounds because rest is about reconciling the confusion chaos and dis-ease from the complexities of all those wounds right right in a very real way this thing invaded my body mm-hmm. 
and it inflicted a very traumatizing experience, right, yeah. inside of me, which was interesting, by the way. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was in a horrific roller coaster, buried alive, and I couldn't make it stop, and I had no idea which turn. And it felt like this moving thing inside of me was looking for a weak spot to lodge. Yeah. It lodged in the base of my brain. Mm-hmm. Horrific migraines for almost 10 days. Jeez. And then it was going through my stomach and my intestines and my body. But it was really like a Tasmanian devil in my body. Yeah. And then it ended up ultimately really compromising my lungs. Mm-hmm. And it felt like a straw, an inch straw, was getting reduced every single day until my blood oxygen supply went down to nothing. And I just literally didn't think I was going to. Yeah, you hit 73% one day. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It it was in the middle of the night. Yeah. So I went from 80s, right, Mm -hmm. to 73. Which for anyone who doesn't know, if you're below 90%, you should probably be hospitalized. But Virginia wasn't because we have so many medical professionals (laughs) that are helping her out. So... Yeah, but even that night, they would have been terrified. Everyone oh, would everyone. have been mortified. Absolutely. We were, we were mortified. We were mortified. It was a miracle, but I'll tell you what. I couldn't think. Mm-hmm. I couldn't pray. I couldn't process. I felt like I was walking a tightrope across Manhattan, and I was shaky. And I couldn't help but think, this is how my patients feel. This is how my clients feel. Wow. COVID's a whole different animal, okay? But yeah. still, spiritually and emotionally, I, I felt dead. Yeah. But in the most practical ways, I felt completely numb. And those who are listening to us right now and have pain from trauma or dealing with cancer or betrayal or whatever, they understand this numb feeling like, I don't know how I'm going to take my next breath. I don't know how I'm going to get out of bed. Yeah. And I just physically so felt that for yeah. the first time in my entire life that it was really gripping Men, noun says how men are distinguished from one another as much by the forms that their memories take as their character. And as I was contemplating methods and resources that we use to help people heal wounds, I realized so much of what we do is we help people expand the prism of how they define their past and how they process and digest the memories of their past. I'd like to read a few things he wrote, if you don't mind, Natalie. Go for it. The older we grow, the more we have to remember. And at some point we realize that most, if not all, of what we have is memory. Our memory plays a central role in our sense of being. Our pains and our joys and our feelings of grief and satisfaction are not simply dependent on the events of our lives but also, and even more, on the ways we remember them. Mm. The events of our lives are probably less important than the form they take in the totality of the stories we tell ourselves. Different people remember a similar illness, accident, success, or surprise in very different ways. And much of their sense of self derives less from what happened than from how they remember what happened, how they have placed the past events into their own personal history. Mm -hmm. I thought how beautiful to be able to sit down with family and relatives and friends. And I have a lot of kids, right? Even with my kids. And I thought metaphorically, 
looking at all these pieces of our lives like a puzzle in the center of a table. And how amazing to maybe start putting it together together. Yeah. And pull the edges, pull the similar colors, remember this, remember that. Yeah, there's going to be some really tough, murky parts that are going to frustrate you and make you want to walk away, right, from putting that puzzle together. Mm -hmm. But there's also the satisfaction of getting all the edges, right, finding all the light colors and the giggles and the joys, and oh my gosh, I found that, Mm -hmm. right? And I wonder what would happen if we looked at our relationships like that. Yeah. And instead of dreading these encounters, we looked at them, we looked at that experience like that. Yeah, changing our perspective and our prism that we see yeah. these things through. I'm big on people not feeling like they have to spend 450 or $700 or whatever an hour to go meet with a therapist. But I'm excited about, about sharing little tidbits and information about ways we can approach these conversations and these relationships in the context of rest. Yeah. And I know you always talk about this, but we have 40 days of rest, and we really break down the matrix of rest. And, of course, we have the rest events, right, and days and afternoons of rest. And I know, Natalie, you kind of go over those. But that's why we love these encounters with our listening audience, right, whether we have to do them virtually or my favorite is always in person. But I love that we can bring community together, and we can together roll up our sleeves open up these puzzles, right, Mm -hmm. and learn how to do rest. Yeah. It is not surprising that most of our human emotions are closely related to our memories. Mm -hmm. Remorse is a biting memory. Guilt is an accusing memory. Gratitude is a joyful memory. And all such emotions are deeply influenced by the way we have integrated past events into our way of being in the world. And how we access, and Natalie, I've worked with you so closely on so many layers in, of your life, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about rest so much, right? It's friends, it's family, it's husbands, it's spouses, it's all these intimate relationships that I've had the privilege of working with so many people close to me, but you can attest to that. I can, yeah, firsthand. It's amazing to see, and, and you know what, you keep reading this book, and I keep thinking about, have you seen the movie Inside Out? No. Oh my goodness. If you ever get a chance, go watch it and you can watch it with Franny, your granddaughter as well, because she would love it. I know a lot of people have seen this. I believe it's Pixar. Pixar's owned by Disney. So Pixar, Disney, whatever you want to say it's by, but it's a brilliant film. And in it, they depict what Nowen is talking about perfectly in regards to the memories and emotions being connected and the way that we view it. And in one part, Riley, the main character, Riley's the main, Riley's character. The main character, Riley has a specific memory of her skating back home. I think it was in Missouri. I'm probably wrong, but ice skating with her parents. And it used to be a happy memory, but then she moved and the memory changes and the emotion of, like that's associated with goes from something that's happy to something that's very sad. And so her memory of it completely shifts and the emotion of it completely shifts. And it's the fact that we have that ability to really change our perspective on things. We do have control. And yes, certain things can affect that in regards to outside circumstances. But I thought that that movie did a great job of just depicting that connection between memories and emotions. And especially when it comes to recalling that, you know, one person who goes through the same exact circumstance as you can literally be there at the same thing. You both see a car accident. You're going to pick up something and remember something 
totally different than that other person because of their past circumstances, because of their past memories, past traumas, whatever. They're going to remember things differently and feel about it differently. I am watching that tonight. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's wonderful. You will love it. When you think about it, Natalie, helping professionals, such as in the field of medicine, psychiatry, psychology, social worker, the first questions Noun points out are always directed to the memory of a patient or that client, right? Mm -hmm. So please tell me your story. What brought you here? What are the events that led you to this place right? here and now? Mm -hmm. And let's just think about what's happening in the medical model. Yeah, This is why healing is inhibited. And this is why you need rest and you need to understand the principles of rest and you need to control of your own healing process. This is why. Because doctors have less than really five minutes. And, and if you have an HMO or something like that, they literally have less than five minutes. As a matter of fact, I want to do an interview with a retired doctor client of mine mm-hmm. who literally had like a nervous breakdown because he said, I can't do my job. Yeah. And I'm watching people come and go like an assembly line and I know they're going to die. I'm not giving them the time they need to help them heal. So it becomes like a, a mill. But think about what he's saying. We all understand that at the root of confusion, chaos, dis-ease that manifests in disease, illness, and potential death are these narratives that have to be spoken. They have to be fleshed out. At the root of disease are these stories. So think, if that's the case, think about how important rest is. Because rest is all about helping people reconcile those and understand how it affects their liver, how it affects their colon, how it affects implications on breast cancer, for example. And I know Breast Cancer Awareness Month is coming up. I'm so excited about that conversation. And it's clear that what doctors and therapists hear about are not just events, but memories of events. Yes. And it's your Pixar, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is no exaggeration to say that the suffering most frequently encountered is a suffering of memories. They are the wounding memories that ask for healing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I see a patient come into the clinic. I was always so, so clear on this. Okay, this is a wounded memory. This is a body asking for healing. Yeah. It wasn't reconciled spiritually. It wasn't reconciled in the mind, the heart, the will, the conscience. So what happens? The psychological conflict, according to the work of Dr. Homer, right, gets mm-hmm. translated into what? The biology, because now the body's trying to resolve the conflict. We've also seen where that memory has been pushed down so far even potentially forgotten that it still affects the body on a physical level because the body keeps a score it remembers everything. everything and what's wonderful is the resources we have natalie mm-hmm. to extract those like this oh yeah and bring them back bring and them back. and the thing is is that people don't realize that just because they have forgotten the memory quote unquote you know forgotten that memory or you know the they body don't bring, hasn't right? exactly like because you can think like oh i forgot about it i've reconciled it it doesn't bother me any, me anymore that's not true that's not the same as reconciliation that's not the same as healing because your body is still trying to and and not doing well at processing that because it hasn't been rock, reconciled so it's literally sitting in the body becoming a cancer becoming a disease. And that's why our soul's so important, right? Yeah. Our mind, our heart, our will, our conscience, our feelings, our capacity to access these things becomes so important. Yeah. So it can flush it out. Right. Feelings of alienation and loneliness and separation, feelings of anxiety, fear, suspicion. 
and related symptoms such as nervousness, sleeplessness, nail biting. These are all part of the form which certain memories have taken. These memories wound because they are often deeply hidden in the center of our being and very hard to reach. While the good memories may be present to us in outer signs, such as trophies, decorations, diplomas, precious stones, vases, rings, portraits, painful memories tend to remain hidden from us in the corner of our forgetfulness. It is from this hidden place that they escape healing and cause us so much harm. And I put here on the margins that rest releases the confusion and the chaos and the dis-ease from this. That's what rest does. We get those splinters out. It's truth. It's truth, yeah. Our first and most spontaneous response to our undesirable memories is just to move on, to forget about it. When something painful has happened, we quickly say to ourselves and to each other, let's forget it. Let's, let's act as if this didn't happen. Let's not talk about this. Let's just get by this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this. We can get through this. We want to forget the pains of the past, our personal, communal, and national traumas. And now I would add global traumas that we're all experiencing. Yeah. And live as if they did not really happen. Mm-hmm. But by not remembering them, we allow the forgotten memories to become independent forces that can exert a crippling effect on our functioning as human beings. When this happens, we become strangers to ourselves because we cut down our own history to a pleasant, comfortable size and try to make it conform to our own daydreams. Forgetting the past is like turning our most intimate teacher against us. Wow. That is powerful. That is very powerful. But here's the the wonderful footnote. Rest is how we heal these wounded memories. And again, I go back to even our experience and things, and I I can't get into that too much. I think some of the testimonies speak for themselves. Yeah, for sure. But that is the story of rest. And it doesn't have to take years, and it doesn't have to take thousands and thousands of dollars of counseling. During Breast Cancer, I think, Awareness Month coming up, I'm so excited for our listening audience to hear from our breast cancer survivors. And the memories associated with the stories of their lives and their pilgrimage and reconciling those memories and expanding that prism from a few centimeters perhaps to a meter. And this whole world opens up as we connect to our pain. And I also wanted to just finish, if you don't mind, Natalie, I know I'm kind of being a little winded about this segment, but I think it's so important because I think the value we attribute to these memories and these stories are a foundational barrier to healing. Yes. And rest is how we reconcile that fundamentally, right? Yes. But I did want to read this final quote from the book because I thought it was fantastic. How do we heal these wounds and memories? First and foremost, we have to let them become available. Vulnerability. By letting them out of the corners of forgetfulness and by remembering them as part of our life stories. It's like embracing it. You know how I always, yes. And you know how I say it's the enduring voices of a generation that speak to what? To the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah. Well, what does the human spirit have to triumph? Overcoming these barriers to healing. Yeah. Which is the limiting and crippling effect of these traumatic memories we all have. Mm 
Mm-hmm. All of us have. We've all feel experienced shame. We've all experienced regret. We've all been hurt by somebody. And by the way, we've hurt people yeah. without even knowing we've hurt people. So we're in this together. So I want to really break down this notion of shame associated with these memories, right? Yeah. And I know it's, it's well, Virginia, it's easy for you to say, well, no, it's painful to say. And it's real to say. And I live in very dark places with my clients. I live in very dark, scary places with them. But I'll tell you what, the older I get and the more I work and the more I learn to listen, mm-hmm. the more emboldened I am and the deeper my conviction that we can bring healing to this generation. Yeah. We can heal the wounds of this nation. We can heal the wounds of our family. We can heal the wounds of our marriage. We can heal our wounds together. If we are willing to lock arms, step into this place of rest and understand the constitution of all these things that make up who we are. To be honest, you say that with a lot of integrity because it's not like you're just saying it to say it. You're not just coming at this from, you know, that you're educated on this. It's not that kind of standpoint. Mm -mm. It's that you live this out. You still continue to step into those painful places and vulnerable places, even just within yourself. It's part of our human experience, right? It is, 100%. Mm-hmm. You put this into practice. So this isn't just something that, you know, it is easy for you to say, because it's not easy for you to say, because you do do it. And it's painful. Your, yeah, really. it is. We we cry together. We struggle together. Mm-hmm. We, we're very real. real. <laughs> we're very real. Yeah. Because if we're going to do this thing, and I think this thing, this rest thing, requires all of us. Yeah. One of the things I've been most encouraged is the community that we have in this first 40 days of rest that we launched. Mm-hmm. I've been so encouraged, yeah. and I know you're on every call, but by the quality, the character, the conscience, the professionalism, yeah. and the influence these people have, mm-hmm. it's been unbelievable. And all I can think about is represented in this group right here, thousands of people will be impacted Oh yeah, by the message sure. of what we're saying. Yeah. What is forgotten is unavailable, and what is unavailable cannot be healed. Mm. Max Scheller shows how memory liberates us from the determining power of forgotten painful events. Remembering, he says, is the beginning of freedom from the covert power of the remembered things or occurrence. Mm-hmm. Our first task is to offer a space in which the wounded memories of the past can be reached and brought back into light without fear. When the soil is not plowed, the rain cannot reach the seed. When the leaves are not raked away, the sun cannot nurture the hidden plants. So also, when our memories remain covered with fear, anxiety, or suspicion, the light, the light, in what I believe is the living word of God, cannot bring forth fruit. Yeah, And I think I'll end with this. You know that we experienced a devastating fire in the canyon. And I'm gripped every single day. It's been almost a year. And it's been brutal recovering from it. The fire was on our house and we literally were driving through flames to get out. And it was devastating. And by the way, it's, it's happening all over California. But there's something beautiful after the fire. And the oak trees seemed to be blossoming, and all the debris has been burned away. It was terrifying. Yeah. It was, you were there for <laughs> yes. it. It's devastating. Almost a million dollars worth of damage, right? Yeah. 
But 9, 10, 12 months into it, after the trauma, the debris, and we're all still recovering from it. But there is something beautiful, clean, refreshing. And as I was fighting really for every breath, I knew I had to get outside. Mm -hmm. And I had to float in the pool and just look at the trees and the sky. That's all I could do. And I thought how the world is God's and everything in it. There's something that sustains life in this ecosystem, right? I believe it is God. And there's such a beautiful palette to go discover those things. Physics, science, biology, chemistry, psychology, the study of the soul, the mind, the heart, the will, interaction. I mean, there's so many avenues, right? And I think what I love most about our work is we invite people to experience and dabble in all those. But we give them very practical resources to, to go to the epicenter of what ails them and walk out walk through that fire yeah we, we definitely don't just give people a fish we teach them how to fish yep. and that does not mean that it's easy because it's not you are learning a new skill that you probably were not taught growing mm-hmm. up but it's absolutely necessary for health and something that I want to say just to encourage people who are listening you know we've had nightbird on here we've had plum on here we've also had a number of other people whose testimonies have been on here and that's that's not me saying like oh look at these people it's me saying these people did this they faced these things they they walked through that fire they learned how to do it and they didn't just learn how to do it for one time one memory yes. they learned and absorbed all of this to be able to continue to do it as they continue to go through life. Cause it's not just going to end with things that happen in our childhood. We live in a messy world. <laughs> so more things are going to happen. And that's not me saying that to cause fear. That's just me saying that, you know, it's being real and it's being that these are lessons that need to be taught and that need to be learned in order to really turn our world and our society around and we're all here to do that together so i say that as just encouragement you know if all of those people could do it that have already been on this podcast and we've only had a few episodes you know we, this has only been launched for not even a full year yet but if all of those people could do it and we have so many more coming then you can do it too helping people in a very concrete situations is what we're about right mm-hmm. people with illness or grief or people with physical or mental handicaps people with suffering from poverty oppression people caught in these complex networks of secular or religious institutions. We want to help them see and experience their story as part of this ongoing redemptive work in the world. These insights and experiences heal precisely because they restore the broken connection between the world, creation, and this thing, wait, I was meant for more than this. Mm. That's the quiet, purpose. gentle purpose. Yeah, that quiet, gentle call of God, right? Yeah. And it creates this unity with the memories that formerly seemed only destructive are now reclaimed as part of this redemptive event. And I think that is the beauty of healing. It's the circle of the life of the whole person. Well, that's a great note to close on. It's so good to be back. Thank you, Natalie, for doing such a great job. Absolutely. Thank you for coming in. This is great. (laughs) 
All right, a quick announcement. We have made a few adjustments to our afternoon of rest event. The next one will be in three weeks on September 25th. Details will be posted on Instagram, Facebook, and the website. So be sure to register before those slots fill up. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. I will see you next week. We will see you (laughs) next week. Thank you, Natalie.